Welcome to Snakebite Podcast number 10. This episode, we sit down with Lee Reynolds, Vert Icon, and the owner of literally one of the best can cans I've ever seen, uh, Riding Vert. Uh, we sit down and talk to him about riding in the late, great 80s and how he ended up transitioning to being a successful DJ. Uh, this episode is also brought to you with the help over the guys at digbmx.com. Uh, if you've never checked out the site, go over there, check it out. These guys have been covering BMX since Ian Morris was bombing handrails and a full face. So uh, sit back, enjoy the episode, and here we go. Recording this. Yeah, this yeah. should pick up everything. We've been pretty good about it so far. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just funny to see, like, you could just be like randomly like just meeting somebody and they find out like you rode BMX yeah. and they did it's like the connection fully changes like yeah totally totally I know there's not too much crossover I guess in what I'm doing now with the DJM but like when the when I do meet people they're always like super stoked like a lot of time they don't they, you know they have to ask me they're like you're not like the Lee Reynolds that used to ride BMX I yeah I'm like yeah <laughs> I actually still do sometimes yeah I mean <laughs> That, I mean, that's the great thing about it. It's like you can go DJ and then you just you're yeah. like, oh, some friends are in town. I'm going to go take yeah. some runs. And yeah, yeah. I know. I wish it was like more convenient here. I, I, um, someone did just mention that there's like a half pipe up in North County that someone's house. Well, Xavier has. Well, Xavier has his, but that's kind of a hike. Yeah. And it's like. That ramp looks so fun. If I though. could just go, if, like, you know, if, if there were skate parks somewhere around here and I could just go for an hour and ride. Yeah. That would be like way more conducive that's to kind of like That's right kind of like how Portland is. Yeah. I mean. That's what I need. In downtown Portland, you can hit, you can hit about twenty skate parks within like downtown Portland. That's crazy. You know, in like every type. You know, yeah, big yeah, yeah. big transition street plaza. Yeah. You know, which is nice. I mean, I'm not by any means old, but I'm, you know, 39. So it's like, yeah. I have my favorites, and you know, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll just go down here, take some runs. Yeah. You know, where you're like, okay, did some six foot airs. That felt great. I'll yeah. get. You know, I'm gonna go on and go to the grocery store now and yeah, yeah. you know but it's just i mean that's it's very convenient yeah. you know yeah there aren't any skate parks in san diego that i could honestly say i love that the ymca you know they have the half pipe but it's, yeah it's huge that, yeah those those 13 was that 13 and a half or something maybe 14 yeah so like whatever the, the it is, pump like, on those like i especially top, that one because it's, it's kind of weather too so yeah. it's like you know it's super solid but I, when i wrote it at least i mean the biggest i've ever felt comfortable on is like 11 and a half but yeah. you give me like a, ten, a nine to ten. Yeah. That pump is so you, you know you don't have to ride for a while and you're yeah. like just oh there's that scoop yeah. and and you'll be like oh I got it there we go. I was loving Xavier's ramp except the the time we were there the sun was like right uh, in your eyes on one side the whole time I was there so I couldn't really like yeah I mean, it was bright too it was like uh, his ramp looks so yeah fun and then and then we were on our way we went to Fontana because I was actually contemplating uh, riding in the they had like some kind of old school thing there a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that it was ended, a while ago. It, it must be like four or five. It years was four ago. years ago. I think it came down to like Blyther and Wilkerson yeah. like battling now. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like contemplating entering entering that. So they took me there to like ride that bowl a little bit. It was fun. Yeah, I was actually riding it. I was actually riding it back and forth like a half pipe, which is like that's the cool, kind of cool thing about bowls, and especially like you'll see people how they ride them nowadays. But sometimes when you bring in somebody that's like not used to riding that, yeah. you can put your own little twist on it. Yeah, yeah, and. uh 
you know, you can, it, you'll be like, oh shit, yeah, you just yeah. opened up like three same lines. Thing, I haven't same seen. Thing at the, uh, have you been to the YMCA in San Diego? The no, but I've, I know, I know yeah. what it looks like. If you rent it out, like normally no bikes in the pool, but if you rent out the whole park, you can. Ride Didn't they the do pool. that for? Was it your birthday? They did it for Andy Shahara's birthday Andy a couple Shohar. of times. Yep. So we actually did it like, did it probably like half a dozen times. Hey, how's it going? How are you? This is my friend Shad. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm Shad. Hi, how's it going? Hi, Lonnie. Lee, nice, nice to meet you. Hey, Lonnie. Hey, Hi, nice to meet you. Ashley, Ashley, nice to meet you. Ashley, nice to meet you. Ashley, nice hey, to meet you. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, it's, um, but the, uh, you'd have to rent it before the park opened to the public, so yeah. like, you, you'd have to get up at like 7 a.m., you know, type deal. Yeah. So it was kind of rough sometimes. It might, might like, you know, I DJ for a living now, so it's like I'm totally off schedule. Yeah. Kind of shit. Here, I'm going to pause it just for a sec. It's so weird, like, when you think about that time when you guys were on Harlem and stuff, and, like, sometimes you think back, it just seems like such a big time span, and then you're like, oh, 88 to 92. You know, you're like, four years, then you think about what the last four years you've been doing. I know. And you're like, that's no time, but it's weird how, even, like, if you looked at 87 to, like, 92, that mark that it left on BMX, like, everything was so progressive, everything was changing so fast so much potential but at the same time the bottom was like totally falling out of the industry oh, for whatever yeah. reason what was what, I mean <laughs> so you came over to the states right before the bottom fell out pretty much didn't you kind of caught the tail like yeah well you know I never made any money riding my bike worth talking about but yeah I mean it was uh, I met Ron and those guys when they came over for Hole Shot which was like our big yeah like, contest that we had and uh, Wendy came over I met her and um, then I decided Fuck, I gotta go check out San Diego. I've met a few people. I was riding for Hutch, and, uh, you know, me and my friend decided just to come out for a month on vacation. And I literally called, like, Ron Stevane, like, on the way out. And I'm like, if you can, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna stay in a hotel unless you know, like, anyone that, like, you know, if you have any alternative. No, no, actually, we just said, can you recommend a hotel for us to stay in? Yeah. Like, basically. And then we got to the airport, and Ron was there at the airport with Kevin Martin. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, this is, this is Kevin. They just moved into... Ron just moved out of the ramp house, and these guys moved in, um, and they'd be willing to, you know, let you crash on the floor over there for... I think they probably charged us whatever their month's rent was. So, yeah. they, so like, we paid their month's rent for them. And they were just like, yeah. They, they were stoked. <laughs> we were stoked, because it was, like, way cheaper than staying in a hotel. Yeah. And I got to fucking stay at the and ramp that, house. And that you had the ramp in the backyard? Had the ramp there, so I just, like... And... Like, the next morning, like the morning after we arrived, you know, arrived at nighttime... As soon as the sun came up, I was riding that ramp. And in my opinion, yeah. one of the best, one of my favorite BMX ads were shot on that 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 Airwalk ad yeah, of you. Yeah, just yeah. doing that can can like that. Yeah, I mean that was rad. That was Dan Stewart, who's like a legendary. So like, skate photographer, yeah, skate and surf photographer, skate mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't I follow skateboarding, surfs, but I know he shot a lot of like Jeff Rowley and yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. dudes like that. Like, so yeah, really like renowned. And uh, yeah, somehow Airwalk talked him into shooting it, and he was on his way to Mexico to go surf. And he came by, and I remember it was like the smallest roll of film you could get. I think it was like a 12 exposures. Yeah, or, yeah. I, so, or something like that. Maybe 24 at the most. Yeah. And, yeah, he was there. He was at the house for like half an hour, maybe. And then he was out of there. And then I went by, um, and he, he, yeah, he got, like, he, would, he was just, like, getting under the ramp, like, underneath me on the ramp. And yeah. Shooting. And then I went by Airwalk to, like, see the photos, and they were, like, I mean, I only saw him one time, like, through the loop. Thing, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, everyone, you could have picked any one of them. 
and I've never seen them again. I've always like wanted to get my hands on them. Oh, to that'd be day, such a, like because they're all as good as that one, and that was you know, and just like just imagine picture. being able to get like a high res scan of that tour. I yeah, mean, it's I such a. I, I just I, I just remember seeing that ad when I was little, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, it, I did get lucky though. Uh, um, actually, because Trainer was I don't know was he working at Freestyling or he's hooked in with those guys. But when Freestyling closed down, they gave him like a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but that, we, were ta- we were we so were talking about that. Me, he ended up giving me like the uh, the one that. Um, I think Windy shot it actually from Flint, Michigan. The Flint contest, yeah. So, yeah. I, so I actually have the original. The photo. one where your foot is yeah, just yeah. barely, like, just like hanging just on my barely, You're like rolling it over. Yeah, yeah that that, one. we were talking. And, and then I have the other one, which is like a no hander from the Schenectady New York contest. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I'm stoked. At least I have those two. And I mean, and they're shot by Windy, so it's yeah. like. Yeah, I think one. I think the no hander might be Spike, but I'm oh not really? Sure, which is. But they're both yeah, so they're, iconic, yeah. you know. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we were talking about that earlier, like, you know, with BMX Plus going under. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so scary thinking about, you know, what happened with Wizards photos. So many of them got thrown away. So I much know. history got thrown away. Ridiculous. And then if you think about if that happened to BMX Plus, it's like, you know, I know it's just BMX, but there's so much history to it and so much, yeah. you know, I don't want to see lost. And it's just such yeah. a scary time. Yeah, well, I, was, I haven't spoken to him for a while, but I was kind of remained friends with this guy TLB Tim Layton Boyce who was like the premier like English BMX photographer yeah he worked for BMX Action the English BMX Action or was it, was it BMX Action or B- and uh and then um that became Re- Rad Magazine okay and uh yeah I spoke to him and he was and he's getting on now and he was just like to be honestly he's like where I'm at right now and how old I am he's like most because I was like you know you must have so much rad shit, yeah. you know. And he's like, "It'll probably never see the light of day." Yeah. Like, I mean that. There, it, yeah. It just it stresses me out, like, <laughs> to where, yeah, and that's just because I'm such a BMX nerd. Yeah, yeah. You know, to where you're like, you know, there needs to be some sort of organization or something that you can yeah, just be yeah. like, "This is going here. It'll be in a safe spot." You know. Um, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, Zoe's sister was married to Glenn Friedman for a while and he gave me like a nice photo oh awesome yeah, he gave me a nice photo of uh, I can't remember the, the guy's dead now but it's like a really old like photo of this dude riding uh, Colton Jason Skate Jason Ranch. Adams not Jason no no I can't think what the guy's name is I researched it and I figured out who it was and he had passed away but yeah it's like a really he's like doing like a it's like a tabletop like kind of oh a, it's, oh, a, like it's a BMX photo it's a BMX photo oh shit yeah so it's got to be really early if Freeman shot it. Yeah. yeah it's oh, really wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's not married to him anymore, but she lives like across the hallway from him because they had a kid together. Yeah. So um, whenever I go, it's, it's cool to go into his place and see like all that, like, you know, if you if you uh, do the art, the, you know, take a photo for an album cover and it goes platinum, you get like a platinum disc. Yeah. So he's got like all these platinum discs for all his. Because like, he shot so many album yeah, covers. so many album covers, Minor Threat and oh, Beastie Boys. You know, was, that was like, just such so, a like when they got married. Zoe was the maid of honor, and Ian McKay was the best man. <laughs> I know, that's like, crazy. I know she was just like she was just kind of like dream like you know Manhattanite <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, like, and it's weird because like that whole time. I mean, the eighties. I think people still latch on to that decade because everything. It was kind of like the first decade that things kind of went fast forward compared to like right, the yeah, earlier totally. ones where. Totally. So there was so much like. So much creativity and so much art and so much, just everything seems so new. Yeah. That like any of those, I mean, you look back and you're like, that 
that was iconic. Oh, that was iconic. Oh, this was, you know. Yep. It's just crazy how much happened that decade. Totally. Um, so, you know, so you grew up in England, or did you, mm-hmm. I heard, or did you grow up in Wales? Um, I was born in England, and then I moved to Wales when I was, like, five. And Wales is, like, I'm so bad with it. It's, like, <laughs> is it southwest, kind of, or southwest yep. central? It's uh, west. Okay. Someone's, Mid- some, someone's listening to this and like... It's our Midwest. You're going to fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. me up. <laughs> but I literally live just inside the border of Wales, but, I mean, you know, it's not, like, it's a different country, but it's part of the UK. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, so it's part know, of... Same rules and Isn't Ian Morris is so from, from there? Ian Morris is from... I think he's, he's from Wales. He's from Wales. I'm probably, so. I'm probably wrong. Ian's gonna, <laughs> Ian's gonna come at me. I don't know. Um, but it's more like countryside and stuff. It's not a big like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like uh, a lot of like castles and forests. Oh, just castles. Like uh, the town, <laughs> the, town <laughs> the town I lived uh, lived in. It's like a super historical town because it has like rivers on three sides somehow. So it's like a natural fortress. Oh um, wow! Supposedly the most haunted town in Great Britain. Yeah. Oh wow! It was actually a really fun place to grow up. I'm glad I grew up there because. You know, it's like the town was probably like a mile square, but by the time I was ten, I was I could I was allowed to go anywhere yeah. in the town, you know. And like in the you we, we go in the forests and like play soldiers and shit. Oh, that, I grew up out in the going co- to town and shopping. I, I grew up in the country too. <laughs> yeah. Like my town was twenty three hundred people, and it's like four yeah. hours from a freeway. Yeah, yeah. So you just be out in the woods wandering, totally. just getting in weird yeah. woods trouble all day yeah. shooting air guns or whatever oh, we got we had the real guns we'd be <laughs> yeah <laughs> my parents we live so we were out in the woods enough to where my parents were like you can't go out in the woods unless you take a gun because they're like worried about a cougar or something <laughs> so, so um so how did you end up getting into bmx well yeah i did live in the country so even before like i heard like what bmx was we would like we would just have single speed bikes and we would put like you know, straight handlebars on them, like like kind of wide cow horn handlebars. Yeah. And we were already, like, dirt jumping and, like, doing, like, shit on our bikes anyways. And then I guess, like, around, like, 1980, a couple of my friends that, like, had, like, slightly wealthier parents, like, somehow yeah. they got, like, they were, you know, they're two brothers and they, like, came out on these BMX bikes. And I can remember around the same time like rally released like some kind of bmx bike in england like was the like rally French burner or whatever like the rally burner yeah like the just worst thing ever. <laughs> they have like the most slacked out head tube yeah, angle yeah 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 i think the bikes my friends got were huffies somehow like that i remember they had like the square handlebars yeah. and they were nice and like uh well, one, of, one of the guys was my age and one was younger and a lot of the time he would let me take his brother's bike and we'd go out like, ripping around on those and i'm like man i gotta get one of these my parents were, like, pretty poor, though, and I, like, figured out, even before I got one, I figured out I didn't want the rally burner. I could just tell <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the for me. And the hutches were pretty budget, too, so I, like, I started buying the magazines, and I had my eye on the Diamondback Silver Streak. Yeah. It was kind of, like, it was, like, a couple hundred pounds, which was, like, a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Like, my Bikes? parents, I think, would spend, like, usually around 100 pounds on me at Christmas, so it was, like, maybe, like, two Christmas, like, like, like Bikes were still pretty... Some bikes were really expensive in the early 80s. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Like, I almost got a mongoose. Um, I almost got this mongoose with, like, red tough wheels. I remember that. And um, I think it was, like, a little out of my price range. And then I got the Diamondback Silver Streak, which I was well, was the one I'd been wanting. So I was stoked on that. And then um, at some point, some kid... Like, after riding for a couple a year or so, some kid came to town from... He was just visiting, you know, whatever. And we all rode and he found the posse of us that rode yeah he had a hutch pro racer and like at the time i was pretty naive i didn't really think about it but like in retrospect i'm thinking maybe he like 
might have stolen it from from someone where he lived because he really wanted to trade me. Yeah. And it was a way better bike. So either he was an idiot. Did you I, trade him? Yeah, I traded him. Yeah, I, I, got, <laughs> I got like the Hutch Pro Racer, and uh, I actually rode. That was the same. I, I ended up having that bike forever until I got sponsored. It, like never. So broke. you ro- you rode like quarter pipes and everything on yeah. that thing. So it was like the second bike I ever had, and that was the one that I rode at um, at Whole Shot. Yeah. I think I had bought. I had it, and then I bought. A, I did actually before that. I bought a Hara Master, and I think I broke that. And then I think I did buy, I might have bought a Hutch Trickstar and I broke that. And then I went back, like that thing just always like outlasted all the other ones. Yeah. It was so simple. There wasn't really anything you could break. It had like the loop, you know. The yeah, loop, the loop tail. The tail. Seemed pretty strong. I mean, the, yeah, the, the Trickstar was just that with a bunch of things added onto yeah. it. But I, I bet you the head tube, the way it was set up. I think it was up. a little mellow. I think the, the uh, Pro Racer was probably better for riding ramps at the time. Yeah. It was like more. Because uh, the, yeah, the, the Trickstar was probably Trickstar, yeah. too flat landy. Yeah. So then, yeah. how did you, did you just run into some dudes that had a ramp, or like? Um, I, no, I, I, um, I got the bike, I, I instigated building the ramp. Yeah. Like, a few of us, like, a few of us got bikes at the same time, and we, we built, you know, first we built, like, a, you know, a, a kick turn, a wedge ramp. Yeah. And then, um, my dad was, I, my dad knew I was looking for some wood, and so, like, one day he just, like, you know, came home, he had, like, somehow found, like, some plywood somewhere, and, and then... We built like I remember we built like this seven foot high quarter pipe and like everyone was making fun of me. They were just like, "That's ridiculous! It's so high! There's no way we'd be able to get out of the top of that." But uh, actually, it happened like it happened pretty quick. We started like catching a little bit of air, and I was still really into racing at the time. That was like my so you my did main, you did race and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like racing all like the local like regional stuff, and then. Um, there was a BMX track at Hereford, which was like pretty close to where I lived in Wales, but it actually was in England because we lived right on the border. Yeah, I started going over there because they had like a more serious BMX track, and there were like some more serious riders over there. You know, there's one guy that like would dress exactly like Bob Haro, like their freestyle guy, <laughs> and um, and then the I think when I was like 16, I won like I actually won like my race. I'd never won like I'd never actually won like a race over there before. Yeah. And then afterwards, they had a freestyle contest in the parking lot, and I won the freestyle contest, oh, too. Oh, shoot. So I was like, Ch-ching. And then that was pretty much, like, one of the last times I raced, like, after. You were just like, it's, like, it's all about the ramps. The, yeah, stuff. I just hooked on the ramp after that. And how, how old were you how, how old were you then? 16, I think. 16? Yeah. And then at the same time, I, had like, started going. My, my parents, um, around about that time, they were right, right around that time. Which might be why I stopped racing too. Like my, we re, we moved, we moved from England to Milton Keynes, or it's like a, it, it's a little village called Old Stratford, but it's next to a city called Milton Keynes, which is like some people make fun of it. It's like one of England's like newer developments. Okay. Where it's like actually like based on an American city, where it actually has like a grid layout instead of just like just crazy old crazy school, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's actually a pretty cool city now, I think. But like they, the little village they live in is just like a little pub town. And, um, but it's, uh, only like an hour north of London. Okay. Yeah. So could car. you take it in a car? There was no trains or anything? No, there, there is a train, like, um, which back then, actually it's, it's amazing now because, uh, you can get the, the train, we'll get there in like half an hour. Yeah. And they come all the time. Like back then, you know, you could get an express train every hour, which would get you into the heart of London in like an hour. And would you so take, would you I'd, take the train down I'd, and ride? Yeah. I would just, I, I was pretty much like never home. Like I would just, as soon as we, we lived there, um, 
I had about a year there where I went to like this local um, recreation center and convinced them to. Well, they had had a half pipe, but it had just fallen into. It was it was derelict basically. Yeah. And I convinced them to like build a new half pipe and like orchestrated that, and it was. Uh, they were actually having sound issues, so I ended up like completely blocking the the back end, and like the uh, city provided like shit ton of sand, and we just filled. We just filled it up with sand, so it was, like, boxed in. And So, when you just put the sand in the ramp, did it make the ramp stiffer than a normal ramp? Uh, it, was complete, it, was like, it was like a skate park. It, it was, was just like riding solid. like concrete? Yeah, it was like riding concrete. Who, Super solid. So, I feel like, like, when you kind of, when you moved into London, then you, did you start kind of riding with, did, is that, did oh, you yeah, ride, so like, Giot and, like, those dudes then? Yeah, that's what the, I think I met Greg the first day I went down there, yeah. And um, we went, so, yeah, I was living in Milton Keynes, and, you know, I was, like, I, you know, 16 still, and uh, we decided maybe in 15, maybe might, might have been younger, 15, 16 when we moved there, and then we decided maybe I was 15 when I won the the race, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, we moved there, and I knew I was like striking distance from London, and uh, we'd heard about this place. Meanwhile, I think we'd just seen it in the magazine. I think yeah. Greg, Greg Gill had just been in the magazine doing his like topside no foot can can. Yeah, I mean, he did everything yeah. as, both, as boned out as possible. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, we headed down on the train and went to Meanwhile. And uh, first day I was there, I met, you know, like, the whole crew, Greg Giot, my friend Nick Alcan that I ended up, like, spending a lot of time with, who, who was one of our writers. And I think uh, maybe not the first day, but within a couple of weekends, I just went, I literally started just going there every weekend. Yeah. The guy, Nick Alcan, I met, we like bonded right away and he's like, you can just stay with me. And I literally would just stay with him yeah. at his parents' house. I know how like we got, <laughs> I got away with it, but it's every weekend. So it was Meanwhile there. the name of a skate park or was it just like kind of a Meanwhile spot? is the name of the area where there's, um, around the corner, there's this like really mellow little like skate bowl. Yeah. It's like pretty popular. And, um, and then around the other around the other way, there's just this big open area with, with like a slight de- like decline incline like yeah. downhill towards this wall, and they just built like you know two eight foot high quarter oh, pipes. I think I've there. seen photos. That- yeah, with like a big mural in the background. Yeah, I think I've seen photos. Yeah, yeah. Maybe photos of Greg riding it or something. Yeah, there's a lot of me and Greg from there because we're like it, I think the roof was like I think the ceiling was like 14 feet or we had we had the wall marked out. I think the ceiling was like like 12 or 13 feet maybe yeah I don't know because well the last I think the last mark on the wall was 10 and then there's like a little bit more of a gap so if you got if you got like 10 or 11 feet out of it like you're back like you sometimes you're like scuffing the shoulder you're like scuffed the shoulder on the top so it was a covered area and everything so yeah you guys could ride area. year round exactly so you could ride it year round and it was like a slight downhill to the quarter pipe so you could just get like ungodly amounts of speed like oh man that it. sounds good and then me and Greg were like me and Greg became best buddies too yeah but we were always like best buddies with like a rivalry yeah like, we would like really push each other and like we would like get mad at each other and, and shit but are you guys was, about like, the same age yeah we're, we're the same age so we compete against each other yeah. in all the contests and you know like we'd be back and forth like you know sometimes I'd win sometimes he'd, he'd win he was a better contest rider than me for sure he's like he, I mean awesome rider his, yeah I yeah. He was very talented. Yeah. <laughs> he's, awesome he, rider, yeah. Yeah. 
So awesome you, kid. I still keep in touch with him. Yeah, I've talked. I talked to Greg. I saw him down at Texas Toast yeah, and yeah. hung out with him a little. And yeah, he was one of those like just totally natural riders. Like he sometimes he could he could just do stuff like it was, right away. It was crazy. And then sometimes you get in so inside his head that he couldn't. All of a sudden, he couldn't do it. Like he had the. He was the, like one of the first ones that had like the fly out itis. We just where, like, yeah, we talked <laughs> about fly out itis with yeah, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie's yeah, had yeah. fly out itis for like twenty years. Really? Yeah. He's he can't get he can't get it out of his head. Yeah. No, I, when we were down at Texas Toast, I was hanging out with Greg and Evan Krakow. Yeah, and another awesome writer. Greg hadn't seen Simon Tabron since he lived over in England. Yeah. And Simon's up on this vert ramp, and Greg's like, hey, I'm coming up. And Greg has this beat. He has a, he has a bear day, but it's beat. Like, I don't... He, like it, it, I, that's actually I, that's perfect because that's how all his bikes. Oh, it was were. it was beat. I remember have, like you'd have a Skyway on the wheel on the front. Oh, and, like I, I remember, I messed with his bike a little just to get it rolling. Like he had an unsealed front wheel yeah, on the front yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. He gets on the vert ramp, flies up, and Simon. I don't think they'd seen each other for like twenty some years. Yeah, and you can see him talking, and, you and Simon's see, like looking at him like <laughs> you can see Simon like maybe you know like mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden Greg just rolls into that ramp and he knows and, it right away and the ramp it, yeah. it was a 13 and a half foot ramp I don't yeah. even think he rode a ramp that big Yeah, he starts doing like I mean it's four foot airs but yeah. if you hadn't he hadn't ridden in yeah. a while yeah. and he just like it was like you were like yeah. holy shit you're that's smooth and like it's no pads on right. nothing and yeah. You know, he's just taking runs like it's no big deal on this clunker bike. It, it was crazy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, it, it was wild. And you just, Simon's, you look on Simon's face, you, you know, you'd look at his eyes to his full face, you'd see him like maybe glance down and you're like, you know, what the fuck? So, um, so then, yeah, how, how did you, uh, so your, was your first sponsor Hutch? Yeah, I got sponsored by Hudge in the UK. They like decided to put a team together over there, and um, yeah, they picked me as their ramp rider, I guess. Yeah, um, and um, that was for like you know maybe a year or something like that that I was in England, and then uh, yeah, like I said, Ron Stebane, he connected me with Kevin Martin and all that when yeah. I came over here, so that was cool. And they um, they actually ironically didn't send me to the Flint, Michigan contest. I was like dating this girl over here at the time whose parents were like pretty well off and her mom would just fucking love me to death and uh was like you know she was like we you know we really want you to go to this contest you know and so she paid for me was go. that the first time you came to the states yeah well i've been here like i said my, my friend and i came over on vacation for a month and i just decided i was just like this is like the place for me i'm like bmx had gotten like a really bad rap in england like the media portrayed it like in a really like childish, really? childish way, yeah, yeah. The magazines were really cool, the ma- like the magazines were amazing. But like on television, outside, and like but, you know, only oh, because you guys had like BMX beat, and, BMX beat, and stuff. And then it, BMX Bandits was big in England. So yeah, because yeah, BMX everyone, everyone beat, was BMX beat like, like an after-school show or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they had like you know compulsory things that you had to do. Like compulsory. I've seen I've seen and, that on like, YouTube, like, like where that, it's like yeah. BMX beat, and I'm like, this looks like a show that'd be on it like. Four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it was. It was like on kids' TV. But yeah. it was just all BMX or like Saturday stuff. morning TV. I think it was. Yeah. It's like really cool. It was cool. It is really cool. But it's at the same time. It's yeah. you know you're like it seemed like it was geared towards like eight like, year olds. Yeah. At the time, like that was going on, we were all like wanted to be more like you know cutting edge. We didn't want to wear uniforms and shit like that. And like you know, was that you, you like like seeing dudes like Grosso and stuff over there yeah, over in the and states? I, you know, Dave Slade. Yeah. And, like, just everyone in England was like more grungy. They didn't want to like. 
I mean, yeah, you guys, I mean, that, that whole scene, like, you know, yeah. it, it, you guys definitely... Yeah. I mean, like, the scene, like, yeah, the scene at that time in England was just incredible. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, well, like, what, like right? Carlo, Carlo Griggs. Carlo Griggs. Like, I mean... Fucking like God, Mike Cannon, just like yeah, amazing. Like, who, like you, let's name some of the dudes because that yeah. like people don't even realize how. I mean that just that pocket of yeah. dudes that I think you grew up were so influential on BMX yeah, at the yeah. time, like, and the, everybody went on to just be like, I mean, you they were all like powerhouses, you yeah, know, yeah, like. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. well, Carlo for sure, and Greg Giot and Terry Jenkins, Dave Slade. Craig Campbell, uh, Mike Cannon, Jason Ellis, Scott Carroll, who ended up passing away. Yeah. Another awesome was was writer. Simon was Simon Peppy, like a younger Peppy, dude? Happy Winder, Simon Tabron, who was a few years younger than us. Yeah. yeah. And where, was Jamie in that crew? Or and then Jamie, funnily enough, um, never was like part of our crew. So I actually didn't remember. I, I I know he was like he ended some of the contests that we were entering back yeah. in the day, but I didn't know him back then. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I think right around the time that I moved out here in like '88 was when he like kind of came on the scene. I think he actually might have been the person that replaced me on Hutch. Oh wow! When I moved over here. So when you moved over here, Hutch didn't. They were like, "We're done oh, with you." No, no, no. So my girlfriend's mom paid, ended up paying for me to go to the Flint, Michigan contest. Yeah. So like, Hutch didn't pay for me, but they're like, they're, but they, you know, they. Uh, I think they got my room, or I stayed with. I stayed in a room with Chris Potts and Ron Stebbin. Yeah. And so I came out. I'd never met, like, you know, a lot of the pro, like, all these pe- people I'd seen in the magazine for years that, like, I just, like, had been idolizing. Yeah. I'd never met them. And then so I, all of a sudden, I'm, like, at this contest with um end up, like, you know, coming third place to, like... Were you riding AM at that contest? Yeah. Okay. But, like, the people, but, like, I came third to, like, Matt and Dino, and, like, I think Bob Cole came in fourth, and... Oh, dude, like, Matt, Matt at that contest? Yeah, I know. His pump Ridiculous. was... Ri- Ridiculous, Dude, you watch yeah. him pump that ramp. I remember he has like a sport and he's got this yellow Haro shirt yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And he's literally going five feet higher. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. like pre like injury Matt. Like he's oh, so yeah. fresh and you yeah, can just yeah, tell yeah. when he's riding how how fresh he is. Yeah. But I remember that contest because that's like literally I watched like the two hip videos. Yeah. That's like my favorite contest to, to watch just because yeah. it just seemed epic, you know, and it yeah, seemed like yeah. everybody's there. But you almost landed a 900 at that yeah. contest. Yeah, I tried three 900s. Like, I almost landed one. And a no-foot 540? Yeah. I'd already, like, pulled a no-footed... Fi- I'd already, like, pulled, like, like, like a no-footed one-handed 540 in England, like, during, like, a photo shoot. But, like, yeah. it was, like, no video or anything. It was just, like, photo. And then I think they got a video sequence... Oh, no, they got, like, a photo sequence of me pulling, like, a no-footed 540. At this, like, just one particular day, we had this jam at our friend's house, like, up north. James Hudson, actually. Yeah, backward drop-in. Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that am I talking about yeah, the right guy? Yeah, yeah. Where he'd sit on his yeah. bike backwards yeah. and drop in on vert. Like, uh, you know when you ride your hand sitting on yeah. the handlebars? Yeah, like that. Dude. I think yeah. I've actually seen this. Yeah. I, I've sat, <laughs> I saw that. So he, he came, he came from, like, a family of BMXs. There were three brothers that were pretty close to age. Yeah. That all just shredded on vert. And they all had, like, totally different styles. Like, Mick Hudson, his younger brother, was just a total shredder, like, younger kid. And then John Hudson, his other brother, was, like, more of, like, the street guy, but still yeah. rode vert. And they had this ramp in their backyard in uh, Retford that was just, like, built from, like, you know, signs they had taken from, like, you know, construction sites yeah. around town and stuff. So it was just, like, total, like, both sides were totally different. Like, totally, like, different transition, different height. Yeah. Like, you had to, like, you know, 
because it was all different colors, you'd know, like, okay, I gotta hit it right, like, where the A is or whatever, you know, like on a side, and you, and, uh, like, something weird happened that day. It was me and Jason Ellis and Scott Carroll and Mike Cannon and, uh, Andy Brown, I think. Yeah. And we were just, like, all trying to outdo each other and just, like, just high on adrenaline, just, like, gnarly, just. And then, yeah, like that day, like we were all just like trying like variation 540s and you know, it's, it's sick day. And so, um, I think I think in Flint, Michigan, I might I don't know if I pulled a no for I think I pulled a no for the 540. Yeah, I think yeah. I I think you did, but I'm not a great one. Though. What do you? So that was your first American contest. So yeah, that was my first contest, and then so that so I, yeah, I ended up coming third. I'm like super stoked. I were you like super intimidated day. by all the dudes like you'd seen? In America, or no. did you get there and just feel like, uh, yeah. okay, our my our level of riding's right here with these guys? Yeah, yeah. I would only ever get mad if I like didn't do as well. I, I get mad at myself. Yeah, know? I always, you know, I wasn't ever intimidated because I didn't really care if I won or lost. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Really, but uh, yeah, but it was just like super fun, and it was more of a jam than anything. You know, it, it seemed like, like it seemed session. like it was a super good vibe. Yeah, so just getting to ride with all these dudes that I'd like heard about, and and then afterwards you go back to the hotel and. Uh, Everyone's like, wants, everyone wants to rage, basically. Yeah. So I just got like drinking, and uh, end up. Uh, well, they, they were like basically all packed up, like waiting for me back at the hotel, like in the morning when I like when I rolled in, and that Ronstadt's like pretty uh, Christian. Yeah. And so yeah, like he's like he's like you're you're being suspended from the team, and I'm like, well, you what you did was give me a bike anyway. So I'm yeah. Like, I'm like I quit. So. And then did you just stay over in the states after that? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I just stayed. I was like, after I, after I stayed, spent that first night, uh, first month at the ramp house, we all became like super buddies, and they just like wanted me to come back, and so they're like, you know, you can just like live here and like you know see what happens if you you know sleep on the floor when you can pay rent, pay rent, and so yeah. I started like getting some money. I paid rent and lived off of like rice basically <laughs> just so I could just ride all day every day rice like butter and salt yep. I, I lived off of that for yeah. a while yeah and we'd like still take condiments when we're out somewhere so we'd like mix different stuff in with the rice like catch up one day <laughs> maybe crack an egg in it if I'm feeling like indulgent yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that was like the, so yeah, yeah you're just staying times. at the Chanted house after yeah, that yeah so then I like quit Hutch and I um, didn't really want to ride the bike it must have been like right around that same time Matt came out to stay with us for like a week or so which is also awesome too because you know just like riding every day with like matt or someone like that my riding was just getting like you know like the first time i went down to meanwhile in london i think like i got maybe like six feet out and after like a month of going down there i was getting like 10 or 11 feet like cause, yeah because everyone because other people were so it's like yeah all of a sudden you're like well they you know it's just the thing to do i guess you know and then uh then riding with matt like when he would come out and stay with us up my game and uh, so yeah that first time he came out he uh went over to horror and got a new bike so he just gave me his old bike so i was riding that actually seems so <laughs> sketchy when yeah. you think about it yeah, right. he gave he just gave me like his old horror sport so i started riding that a little bit and then i think pretty shortly after that trend bmx hit me up and they're like hey um we're looking to like sponsor some riders i'd already met those guys larry and yeah. um and Greg, yeah, and uh, all the Texas guys. So they, um, they're just like, 
you know, we'll just like we'll just hook you up with stuff. We'll sponsor you. Yeah. So I didn't. So you know, they sent me a horror sport, but they took the stickers off it and put you know trend stickers on it. Dope. And then rode for them. They took care of me. They sent me out like they sent me to the Wichita, Kansas AFA contest, which yeah. is the only AFA contest I ever went to. And well, the, only, only one I ever rode in. I, mean, I went to one other. And did uh, I'm trying to think about the Wichita one. That's where yeah, and that's where Ron unfortunately had his that crash. Is, like literally. I I was the I was the I was like me and me and him were buds at the time because by then I was um, dating Shannon that was his that was Stacy's sister yeah so I would like you know and he, after he moved out of the ramp house he just moved right up the street so we we'd go up there and do din- like family dinner and so we were getting like super close and um, so I was just like right there by the ramp like fucking supporting him so I literally was like maybe like twenty feet away when he fucking ate. And what, what, I mean, that feels like to me like one of the first really bad, like, like yeah. traumatic injuries in BMX. Yeah. yeah I, well, I, I mean, so. what was that, what was that like being? I mean, because it, yeah. it just seems nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, especially being like so connected with the, his family at the time. Yeah, and he had like the little ones. Yeah, it was crazy. Not really to see too. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it, yeah, like an impact like that. Yeah, it makes you like question things sometimes I mean did, did was there a vibe after that like you're like like with in like you know in the BMX community like your guys like oh are we yeah. pushing things too far or is things it doesn't seem to stop anybody okay <laughs> I mean it's just like one of those things yeah. that you you know because yeah. you weren't there and you're just like you know we're just to say yeah when you see someone hurt themselves that bad it definitely make, makes you think about it yeah but you know he was wearing he was wearing a fucking horror mouth guard which was well yeah Joe first yeah yeah when I first when I came out the first month I was here I think uh, maybe the first week I think I'd only been here like a week or so and Spike um, came down to do a photo shoot with me at the Enchanted Ramp yeah. freestyling um, the one where I'm doing like the invert or whatever like I got like a yeah. pretty sick shot out of it but at some point during that day I um, I, I can remember it too I like did it I did a turn down and it was like you know pretty. it was pretty high and like I, I think my fucking I was wearing a bunch of those 80s like bracelets you know oh yep yeah and like my brake lever got like caught in the bracelet or oh. something so like i couldn't like quite unclick all the way so when i landed my front wheel was still a little bit turned and i just fucking catapulted over the handlebars and i was wearing the horror math guard too yeah and uh just like straight onto my face and smashed my i smashed both my front teeth out but like one of them like i hit it down like that and the whole tooth with the root and everything like pushed through my lip and Spike said he found it like 20 feet from where I crashed. Oh, <laughs> so you hit hard. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because I had the mouth guard on too, so I didn't really know. I think like, those mouth guards did more Mate, harm I, than they, they... I swear they did. Because I, I saw one of my buddies wrecked, and it cut the shit out of the bottom of his nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remember like... Yeah, I had like the hole, like, I had like the hole from here. My lip, my lip, there's still a little bit of my lip holding it together, but they put the... You know, you put the water in your mouth and screw it out, and it's just like... Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Sounds insane. Um, so, out of, like, that, your your whole scene from back home, were you one of the first guys from over there to really come over? And then were you like, hey, guys, it's good, you know? Because um, there was a full, yeah. like, British invasion, like, yeah, you, you yeah. know... I would say, I was, I, well, Craig was the first one to come over. When uh, he was, Craig was actually the first guy to ride for Haro outside of the U.S. He got sponsored by Haro back yeah. in the day, and then after that, they formed this uh, company profile. Yeah. Um, 
and he was like he was their rider and they sent him out here for the uh, one of the last King of the Skate Parks contests oh yeah I remember and, that yeah so he came out but he was he was only out here for a short trip but it just seems like, like scary I remember, like, I remember somebody just going go ride that enormous mm-hmm. insane bowl yeah have and he, fun and he, and he did good too he did really good and then um, shortly after that this guy Jess Dyronforth yeah Jess yeah Jess moved out here he, like, came Jess out. Had, he had six style yeah he was a good guy too me and him like really good friends he too. still lives out here doesn't he yeah yeah he's, he's like a, a masseuse well, yeah not a massage therapist yeah. yeah no i just do that that uh that go cover of him on the la courthouse banks that one oh, foot yeah, cable yeah 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 man that photo is yeah. so sick yeah yeah he's he, he's super cool guy me and him actually like you know when when we were just doing shows to make a living after the yeah. bottom kind of fell out of the industry we were doing the you know the bicycle safety assemblies and just say no to drugs at the high schools we, yeah and it was me and him we would do the shows together for a long time we yeah i i was when i was when i was younger i always thought he had pretty sick style yeah. and he rode for gt in england too didn't he yeah yep so I I, so it seemed like he was on gt for a long yeah, time yeah so like i knew he was out here i even remember, remember doing a interview for bmx mag in england and they're like i'm like i just want to move to uh california like jess or whatever yeah I mean, my bedroom walls were, like, adorned with, like, you know, vert pictures from California. Like, 90% of them are from California. So I was, like, visualizing it my, every day, you know. So, and, uh, yeah, came out on vacation, and I was just, like, in love with it. Like I said, it had been portrayed, like, I think really badly in England. Yeah. You know, like, girls, like, if we went out as a group together, you wouldn't even mention to girls that... It was definitely different. Be, I mean, I mean, I yeah. lived in Oregon, but it was different. Nowadays, I think, you know... It wasn't cool. Girls will be like, oh, you're a pro BMXer, you know, and it's not even weird, but mm. back then, they, you, it, they really sucked if you had to, like, fully break down and yeah, explain yeah, what yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But all of a sudden, I came to, like, San Diego, and there was, like, a culture for that stuff, and, like... I mean, the scene was... Wasn't, scene in San Diego was crazy yeah, back it was then. crazy, yeah. I mean, it feels like that scene back then, there was probably, like, what, six different pockets of crews? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that was some good crews. You know, the, the Dirt Brothers, who I, like... I swear we like dubbed that we dubbed them that name. Yeah. Because they would like come to our like house and like they'd be like riding, smoking cigars and like drinking, <laughs> and, and they always looked a little bit grimy. Their bikes were just like biggest pieces of shit. Oh god. Like, and yeah, and they'd be like, I remember Brad. Is it Brad? I remember one of them like pulling a like a five forty on the ramp, like just this gnarly five forty, like kind of a hot, you know hard landing and like the ash like falling off their cigar when they landed <laughs> yeah you had like the dirt bros and then what what other kind of and then there was like the camarillo crew yeah like josh like, white and dino and dino and, and todd yeah and uh steve now do you, here, here, here's and, uh, something marty schlesinger yeah. do you think their hype pole was rigged <laughs> i don't know still i still one of my favorite vert pitches is the todd anderson one footer where He's just like it's just like the most stretched out, like inverted, like oh, they, goofy foot one footer, and it looks like he's like the bike's like twelve feet out or something. Uh, yeah, I was just here. I mean, all those like, dudes rage so hard, yeah. but everybody says I didn't know that. Like, if you see a normal person standing there, and they'll be like six, oh, yeah. six and a half feet tall. <laughs> like everybody's six and a half feet tall. Um, I think Dennis was like. Dennis, I think it was one of the old school jams. Dennis was talking to Josh White and was like, "Now, come on, let's just be real about the height pull, you know." So, um, and then there was like kind of like the flatland scene, like Dave Norrie and kind of I think that crew yeah, too. Yeah, there were the, yeah, there are a bunch of guys who would meet over in Mission Beach and like have flatland jams on the weekend. Yeah, 
and then uh, you know Dave Dave I suppose was part of our crew because he would come to the ramp Volker? every day yeah cause we'd, I'd hang out with him a lot yeah. but he was also you know part of like the East San Diego he right kind of went crew. between dirt bro he, he seemed like yeah. he floated he was around. from the same area as them but a little bit more like you know clean cut had his shit together yeah and um yeah, and then a lot of the guys, I mean, just because we lived where we lived, too, like, you know, all the crews would come down from L.A. all the time. You know. Who were some of the guys that would come down from L.A. back well, then? Well, the freestyling guys would come down a lot because uh, my room, one of my roommates was Haji, who was Spike's best friend. Yeah. So that was, like, our connection with him. So he would be down, Spike would come down and hang out, like, on a, you know, very regular basis. Was Spike basis. still riding a little at that time? Yeah, Spike would still rode a little. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he, he ripped, didn't he? Yeah, he was good. Yeah. And then he got into skateboarding, which he was also good at, and then... And then he yeah, got into everything history, else that then, he's good at. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, at that time you were, you were riding for Haro. And yeah, like, I was riding for Trend. For trend and then, oh, yeah, it was just then, Trend. And then that. But, yeah, then. And then um, and then Haro needed a vert rider because I think Matt left to do his thing. Oh, really? So yeah. that was like 89 probably? Yeah, yeah 89. 88. 80, yeah, 89. I was riding for them by like early 89 for sure because... I went on tour for them in the summer of 89 okay. with Moliterno and and uh, Gritola for the first half of the tour, but those guys like butted heads super hard, so we ended up switching Gritola out for Jess Ironforth for the second half oh, of the so tour. Oh, so Jess rode for, for Haro for yep, a minute too? Yeah, yep. Did uh, Did Haro, did you, did, was their touring schedule as grueling as uh, GTs at the time? Last summer was pretty gnarly because like we only had, you know, they had done like two teams on the road like in previous years. But this year it was just like that year it was just one team. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just yeah. I think it was just one team. Yeah, we ended up. I think we did like sixty something shows. Dang. Yeah, and you know, like certain big bike shops would have like first dibs on the weekends. Because I remember I like that, um, when they first hired me, I helped Bill Hawkins like book the tour. Like he kind of, I was like kind of his like right hand man. I could yeah. him every day and. So I booked a lot of the shows, but like it was, sometimes you'd have to like backtrack so far, you know, like wasn't super fluid because you know certain shops would want you to on the want you on the weekends. And like you guys had the big shows like Rockville and yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and then were you still going to two hip contests at that time? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. That would have been, I think, the end of that summer. The end of that summer is when we did the two hip uh, Paris contest. Okay, yeah. And I ended up like getting second behind Matt at that one, and that was like really one of the last contests that you entered. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before, I mean, before we kind of go into the stuff after that, because I know, I mean, when was that Paris contest? Like ninety eighty nine. Yeah. Um, I still want to touch base more just on like that whole. Yeah. crew like because yeah that was like I'm, such a great time to like traveling out there with that crew and i was uh you know joe johnson had moved into the ramp house by that joe, time joe johnson was amazing and just like you know such an amazing dude too yeah and i still he's actually he comes out here on business sometimes and like hang, we, we hung out a couple of times um and uh yeah that i would say that was probably what like pushed my riding the most like going on tour all summer was great too like just like having to ride every day and my riding was pretty dialed but living with Joe was the best and just did, riding with him every did day did you pick up tail whip airs from Joe? I, I think I was like 
I think I was, you know, one of the first few people to to land Telecos. No, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like after yeah. after Joe, like I was like, I think maybe like Gary Pollock landed one, and then like we, I, I just started like trying them every show on tour, and I think by like you know halfway through tour, I started like landing them without putting my foot down because it's like so tempting to put your foot down on those. Yeah, because I just remember. Matt, I feel like, did them yeah, fairly Matt quick. Was do- yeah, Matt was doing them for sure. And I remember you doing tail whips. And, I mean, at that time, it's like, that just seemed like the impossible trick, you know? Uh, yeah, I was, I, yeah, I was stoked. It, it was impossible, and then Joe Johnson's trying doubles, doing doubles and trying triples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was such an amazing rider. Well, yeah. he is. I mean, he still rides a little. Yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah, so. Yeah. He was at, I think, the, I've been to two of the Woodward reunions, and he was at one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, was that was that that was probably was that the last Haro summer tour probably? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Any any? Yeah. I mean, did you guys? I, I, some people I'll talk to about the tours, and some people I'm like really surprised on how tame they are in the tours, and I think it's because they're just so tired. Yeah, but yeah. But did you guys like? I was just pretty wild. You I guys wilding out? Say, yeah, I was just pretty wild. <laughs> any any? You guys get in trouble? Any any good things happen? Bad uh, good bad things happen? There were, there were a couple of run-ins with the law. I remember we had to go... That was four. We had to go pick Kevin Martin up from... The, they didn't go to jail, but they detained him and took him to the police station for a little while. What was that for? We said... I mean, uh, well, one of the things... We, uh, what we decided when we left uh, San Diego that we weren't allowed to cross a state line unless we had a photograph of a set of boobies. <laughs> And we went to like, I think we did like 40 states, and, and we were pretty strict about it. I remember we, I remember like being in Georgia and turning around at the border to Florida to go back, and we found like a Dairy Queen, where we coerced the lovely ladies that were working there to help us. <laughs> we're like, we can't, you gotta help us. We can't, if we literally can't cross the border into Florida, like, <laughs> and and we had that, we had, we had like little. You know that was like displayed in the the van back of the van. So some some young kid came to the van to get stickers. Yeah, he, he was in for an extra treat. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty fun. You know, when you were driving but around, we had, but nothing too crazy. I think most of us had girlfriends. So yeah, but um, you know, what else? I remember <laughs> there was some pretty crazy stuff. We like sticking our asses out of the windows, like when we were driving through towns. I, I had like this little window in the back that you could just stick your ass out of perfectly. And uh, there was one, there was one mall we went to. We'd always like be daring each other to do stupid shit. I think we like pulled our t-shirts over our heads and like ran through a mall with like butt sticking out at one stop. And, <laughs> and you're like, no, we'll get away, totally fine. Uh, we're just the van that says Haro that's yeah. pulling the ramp. Like, yeah. no, no big deal. No, we got this. No one's gonna know it's us. You know, like we got it wired where we could like we knew how to like kind of swipe the trailer. We could like you know like jack like kind of swipe the trailer a little bit so it like swing out and like hit things like cones on the side of the road and like <laughs> barrels and shit like that. You, you know? guys are just getting squirrely. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't pull over to change driver. You know, just like. Just switch. Switch on the go, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that thing burnt down on the way home. I was driving when that happened. When the van burnt down? Yeah, driving. <laughs> we decided we dropped Rick off in uh, wherever he lives. The tri- like Davenport? Bay, Davenport, Iowa. Yeah. yeah. And then we were just, you know, we all wanted to get home and we just wanted to get home. So, like, let's just 
let's just drive it straight through. We'll just, you know, switch off, do shifts. Yeah. And uh, we'd gotten to Kansas, and I was like towards the end. I'd been driving for a while. They were all asleep in the back. And at one point during the tour, like one of the tires on the trailer had like started rubbing on the trailer, and like I I was driving that time too. And I remember looking back and just seeing like black smoke behind, and it was that's what it ended up being the trailer, like a blowout, whatever. So like same thing we're driving through Kansas and I look back and I see black smoke behind us and I'm like think it's the same thing so I pull over on the side of the road and like turn around I'm like just casually like hey guys uh, you know if I gotta wake up we got a problem I think if I can I think the tires rub in again and like they get up and they, they're looking like in my direction and they, 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 they I can see this look in their eyes and they start grabbing their shit and uh, I look forward, and all you can see is fl- uh, flames. So the ramp's just up in flames? No, the, in front of me, the engine of the... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, they... Because uh, it turns out the transmission was on fire, and, like, as I like when I was driving, it was, like, keeping it, you know, it was, like, just blowing the, the wind. Back. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as I stopped, the flames just, like, went to the engine and just, like, caught on fire. So they were literally jumping out of the back door, like, grabbing shit. I had like at the time I carried a briefcase which had like all my <laughs> important stuff in it which I grabbed that and got out and uh, for whatever reason I don't know why it did but it was burning back and for some reason we disconnected the trailer I think because oh, our bikes and shit the trailer. there was stuff in the trailer so we decided to disconnect the trailer and uh, we just like pushed the van down a little bit away from it and it was like burning back pretty good we'd already called um, a, a, a truck stopped or someone Someone called in the fire department, I think, by that point. Yeah, a truck, a truck did stop, and uh, he tried to put it out, but his fire extinguisher, you know, didn't have enough juice in it or whatever. Yeah. And so he CB'd to the local town, which had, like, uh, one of those volunteer departments where you, like, I think they, like, ring a bell. Yeah. And, like, the one, one guy's a butcher or whatever, and, like, they all, <laughs> and they all like, drop their trade and, like, run off. And, like, and so by the time they got there, it was just, like... It was just like a smoldering chassis. It was was just like smoking. And we we literally stood on the other side of the road and just watched, you know, all of our photos that we had collected. Oh, the boobies. uh, The boobies. (laughs) And Jess, I think Jess didn't even have a pair of shoes. He forgot to grab a pair of shoes out of the... What, what, and Bob was still, was Bob still part of the company then? Um, I think Bob, at that point, he was still, he was still the president. He had sold it, and then... What, what did they say when you called and told them? They all thought that, uh, they, that, to this day, they think that we were, like, smoking a doobie. That's what, that, was, <laughs> that, was what they, that was what they maintained. They always said that. You guys, they, they, even now, they're like, they'll ask me, because I know how that rumor started, but they're like, they're like, like, you can tell us now, Lee, you know, was it... Or was it really doing it? like no what? I didn't even fucking smoke weed back then <laughs> you're like it would be so much better if yeah. it was yeah it would be a great story um <laughs> when you were riding for Harlow in the early days and stuff was Bob still the one kind of picking out the riders and was he still hands on with that or was yeah. he yeah when I first moved out here I remember the first time that I went over there and hung out with him and met him um he they actually uh he gave me that that day. He gave me the, I, I believe it was like the very first Bash Guard Master. Yeah, yeah. To like to test out, and I took it, and uh, he was still calling the shots. Yeah, and like totally involved in it. Did, what, did he still ride a little, or was his knee pretty much toast? I've then? never seen him. Um, I think well, I think I might have seen him ride at BMX Beat back in the day, but yeah, but I never seen him ride when out here. Now. So so what'd you? I'm a big Bash Guard guy. I love yeah. the Bash Guards and yeah, the, yeah. But they're giving you a Bash Guard bike to test out, but you didn't really ride much. Did you ride much street back then? 
Um, I rode a little bit of street, but vert was always my thing for sure. Did you hate the bike because it was too heavy? No, too short. It was still it was too. <laughs> did you like because I've been riding geometry? I've been riding a sport, you know. Yeah. I didn't like really care for the extra weight and the short geometry, but it wasn't horrible. Yeah. It's not horrible. I, I, I ended up breaking it like halfway through tour, or maybe like a little bit of the way through tour, and then they, they just uh, whatever next bike shop we went to. Yeah. They, they gave me like whatever Haro called them and told me to give me a, a bike. Luckily, they didn't have the bash guard, so I got like a black sport. So <laughs> <laughs> like, way happier with that. Yeah, I like the sport geometry. I think most people like the sport geometry. Yeah, yeah. It's a great bike. It's weird that they made the sport bash guard ones. It was like, they made yeah. those sport bash guard ones. Yeah. But then they went with the master, which is weird because it's more the flatland one. Right. I know. It's kind of weird. So. Yeah, yeah. I know. I actually, like, gave them, like, well, when I was on tour, I, like, drew up a design for the one where the bar just, like, came down and became the bash guard. The, the sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, well, did, yeah. they did the air master. So that was kind of your idea? <laughs> I mean, take credit where credit's I due. I, I, I can show, like, actually, funnily enough, just found the drawing the other day. And oh, I was, I'd like, be going to post it. Oh, I'll find it for you. Oh, I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, me, Rooftop was just uh, at my shop, and he just picked, I found a sport like that, because we're both yeah, super yeah. into collecting bash guard bikes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was super into it. And uh, Yeah, I had the drawing. I, I gave it to Bob. And, uh, you know, they were, I mean... Things were going really well, like at Harv me at the time, and um, but I hadn't like been. I, I wasn't a salary rider. I'd just been like doing shows. You know, they pay. I just they pay me to go on tour, and I've been going to contests. But it was like the first of the year. There was, you know, I was supposed to. I was going to sign a contract. Supposedly have, you know, my bike, my own bike. Oh wow! Get like a salary, and then. Uh, you know, I was training for the... I was, like, not training. I was just riding like I do every day. But the two-hit finals was coming up. I think it was, like, a week away. What, the 89 or yeah, 90? Yeah, 90. I think it was a 90. Where were those? No, maybe it was 89. Or maybe... Maybe it wasn't the finals. Maybe it was the first one. It was the one they had in Anaheim. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The one Whichever where, it was. Is that the one where Mira showed up as a little kid? I think maybe Mira was there. Um, Simon... Um, no, Jason Ellis from England came out. Yeah. There are a bunch of English riders. That's, James Hudson that's where there. James Hudson did yeah. the backward drop-in. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. That, I think that contest is like a week away. Like all the riders, are, like a lot of the riders are out already because Bob Cole, I know, would have been over at our house riding. And um, then uh, I had like been meaning, um, what's his name, Brad McDonald for yeah. a ride, had been like hitting me up to do a photo shoot for like a while like I'd flaked out a couple of times like things would come up and then uh, this one particular day he was coming down and for whatever reason like we went out we went over to our friend's house my girlfriend and I for dinner and like just ended up getting fucking shit faced hammered tried to call him in the morning but he'd already left and like I didn't want to flake out again so I just like went and like did the photo shoot anyways and uh, ended up I remember I ended up just doing I ended up doing a grind on the ramp and just grinding off the side of the ramp. Like I was I remember I remember pulling my brake to try and stop. Just like a sprocket grind <laughs> yeah, or feeble pegs, grind or on something? My pegs. Yeah. Like a peg grind, yeah, just a peg grind. So I just went off the end of the ramp, like not that big of a deal really, but like when I was falling, like somehow my foot like went inside the front triangle. So when I landed I fell over and then my foot just like broke it broke every bone and tendon. They said they, the doctor said my but it was just a skin holding my foot on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was just like a full on. 
my ear, you know, there's no music playing, so just this loud snap, and I just look down, and I'm just like, broke my foot. Like I was, already, I was like all on adrenaline, so wasn't really feeling the pain too much for a little while, but ended up being, uh, put, yeah, put me out of it for a while, and it was like before I signed my contract with Haro. And did they not? So did was, they cancel it? At, I was living. At, well, you know, they're not going to sign a contract with someone that. You know, it was a year before I could walk in properly. Yeah. Really, you know. Yeah, I was like bedridden for like, for, for like three months or something. Oh, that's and, horrible. And then uh, ended up moving back to England because, you know, I wasn't making any money because I wasn't doing shows. So I moved back to England with my parents and uh, no one, like all my friends that I rode with in uh, my town had all stopped riding and just had to like start working. And I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to end up staying over there, like pretty much. You know, I thought it was like a done deal. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, well, the, doc, the, doc, the doctor said I'd fucking limp my whole life. Like, they didn't even seem to think it would, like, heal properly. Yeah. I was, like, super into... Uh, I've always been obsessed with, like, pyramids and, like... I've always been obsessed with, like, supernatural shit. And, like, yeah. You know. And I was obsessed... I'm still obsessed with the pyramids, but I was, like, reading a book on them at the time. So, I remember when I was bedridden, I built, like, this, uh, like, exact replica of, like, the Great Pyramid of Egypt. that was, like, probably, like, three feet by three feet on the base. And, like had my foot like inside the pyramid so that it would heal yeah. and just like <laughs> and just fucking like and just visualize I was reading all these things about the power of visualization and how like you know before you before you go to sleep visualize like this little miniature construction team that are just getting set up to start work on your ankle and they're all like going to work and then they're going to work on it all night like overnight and like fix that shit up and uh it healed like great it, it healed great and um ended up Thought I was going to stay in England, but then my uncle wanted to come out here on vacation. He's like, you've been out here before, you know, come out, show me California. Yeah. And I like, came out, and then I came back out, and like fell in love with it again. I'm like, fuck, I, I got to gotta come back here. So came back and uh, uh, couch surfed for a little bit with Bill Hawkins, the hard yeah. team manager. Me and him were super good buds, so he let me live with him for a while. And uh, actually, like, he was the GTT manager by then. Yeah. So like he ho actually hooked me up, um, you know, like a GT sponsorship, and I, I did one show for GT. I, but uh, with Brian Blyther and uh, who else was it? Maybe. Uh, Volk. It was Volker Blyther, yeah. me, and like someone else. We took the, the GT halfpipe thing, the rig that they had. Yeah. And went up to um, Northern California to do a show, and uh, during the show, like. You know, the ramp was, like, this high off the ground. Yeah. During the show, I did a 540 and, like, landed, like, you know, like, flipped out a little bit and, like, let go of my bike. And it, it went off the side of the ramp and, like, my peg hit some, like, kid in the head. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. There's some little kid that was, like, they let everyone get, like, super close to the ramp. There were no, like, you know, it was just... Oh my Whatever. god! Yeah, what, yeah. What so that was the kid? first and last show I did for GT. <laughs> so were they just like? Well, well it was, yeah, they ended up having to like. I don't know if they what they did. They had to like give them. I'm not like a bunch of money, but they had to like do something to like butter them up. But yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Whoa! Like, peg, peg smashed him in the head. And it was bleeding. The ambulance had to come, and I felt like complete shit. Obviously. Oh, that's like, crazy. Yeah, it was horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that would be... It almost hurts worse when you... If it does, it hurts worse to hurt someone else than it does Oh, yeah, yeah, yourself, I can imagine, you know yeah. That, right? It's like, fuck, I'm way wish, I way wish it had been my head that had been 
it open. Um, kind of touching back, like I know we were talking about it before. You know, I kind of hit record. Uh, some of the dudes like you grew up riding with, like yeah, we're talking about like Dave, David Slade, yeah, and how he went on. I mean, mm -hmm. to be a pretty big time movie director, yeah. like directing like the Twilight movies. Yeah. Did he so kind of roll with the like anarchy adjustment dudes, or was that kind of not really? He was. Uh, I mean, if anything, he might have even been like a little bit before them. He was from he was from Northern England. Yeah, Sheffield. Yeah, they had their own like they had their own like scene up there for sure. Um, like Peppy Winder, do you ever hear of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, like big, you know, and even Scott Carroll. There was definitely like a North and South divide. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Anarchy Adjustment crew, they were cool, too. Yeah. Nick. Here, hold on. I bet you these guys are going to come through. A little bit. So, yeah, the, the Anarchy Adjustment guys. Yeah, I mean, funny. I actually bought... Well, yeah, Dave Slade and... Um, uh, who was... I'm trying to think. But uh, Action Zone, they made some handlebars, too. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the first time I met, Mick, met Nick, actually, um, he had a... His first thing was he set up a mail order... Um, BMX business. Yeah, that was like it, and uh, it was in BMX action bike. And I happened to have the address on there, and like I'd never even really heard of mail order before. I thought it was just a shop. Yeah. So like we went, we all went down to London and like went by the address. It turned out it was like his his house. It was like kind of awkward. Like we knocked on the door, and then he took us down in his bedroom, and uh, I ended up buying a pair of uh, pink Action Zone handlebars. Yeah, which was sick, like super dope. And Nick, I mean, Nick kind of like designed like the. I always like that horror design where it got like any you know narrow in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. He uh I mean it seemed like whenever you'd see like the anarchy adjustment stuff, it was like yeah. such the anti like jerseys and, and everything and yeah. everything just seemed you know, all the shirts had weird sayings yeah. and stuff on them and Yeah. I think he came from like you know, his parents were definitely like a little more like educated and that kind of were you know, like like I think most of my parents are pretty normal. Yeah. You know, his, Obviously, you know, he knew some shit that we didn't. He was, like, pretty revolutionary and anti-government and punk rock. He did his heroin Satan fuck t-shirt. Yeah, no, I remember the one, but it was all black. black. black it was black on black. black. Shirt, yeah. Just and, just uh, enough to where somebody could catch it, some mom or something, yeah. and get pissed. Yeah. He was, you know, he was never an exceptional writer, I wouldn't say. Yeah. You know, he was a celebrity on the scene, though, you know, he, like... When they when they brought out those uh, wheel covers, yeah, I think uh, they did. Some, there was something where you got like some kind of compensation if you were the first one to get them, like on the cover of a magazine, and like somehow he managed to like get the magazines to come and like shoot him, and they liked the way it looked with the covers, and he ended up getting like on the cover of like the magazine. So he was like instantly like. It was the, out of nowhere. He's like on the cover of the BMX magazine. That's and, crazy. And he would just dress like super crazy, and you know. It was like so. It was like super photogenic for the magazine. Yeah, it was like dreadlocks back in the day and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like dreadlocks and yeah. And then they, and then when uh, you know Tim Layton Boyce, who I was telling you about the the photographer, those guys like bonded, and they're what they're the ones that you know that did uh, read and destroy magazine Rad Mag, which is okay. Like, uh, yeah, Nick was there. You know, editor and Tim was the photographer. It was the two of them. Yeah, I don't even think I've I don't even think I've seen any of those issues oh yeah yeah I think I think Trainer had a few at the office yeah yeah so I'll get you I actually I can show you some rad no, shit too yeah I'd be super psyched um so yeah I, a few people like us talking like 
Evan Krakow and a few dudes, and they're like, oh, we got some questions, you know, yeah, yeah. questions. One person, I totally forgot who sent me this, but they wanted me to have you explain what a salty biscuit was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you wanted to share that with the audience. I thought it was soggy biscuit, but there's a few names for it. Yeah. I've never personally played the game, but it's like an old English, like, kind of like a boys' school tradition where, you know... You get the biscuit, and you all get in a circle around it. And oh, I see where we're going. <laughs> the, I, la- the last one that manages to I do see the where business. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> I see where we're going on this. Is that, is that something that happened a lot back then? It's just something that I'd heard about. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll ask him that. No big deal, guys. <laughs> Salty oh, biscuit. my God. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Evan really wants to know how, how did you end up stretching can cans as far as you did. I mean, that's, that's kind of like question, a trick. You're yeah. like, I mean, you're, it's kind of you know every it's every so rider can still. I, well, it's been a couple of years since I rode for I guess now, but the last time I did, it's like the one trick out of all of them that I can still do. Like yeah, and I can't, and I'm the most unlimber person ever. My wife like tries to maybe do yoga sometimes, and I'm like totally unflexible. And even back in the day, I feel like I wasn't the most limber person, but like for some reason. I don't know when I do that. Oh yeah, I mean just. But it, like people think it's all about the legs too, but it's like so much about the arms to get it that. Yeah, because you want to push it, right? Like you got to really get your arms like back here to get the separation. Yeah, that know. that. Which, which photo is it? The black and white one. It was. Is it the Flint, Michigan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that photo is so good. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at your foot on the pedal, it's like yeah. just kind of your pinky toes holding on yeah. to the pedal. It looks like I. It looks like you'd think I didn't make it for sure, but I, I didn't crash a can can that weekend, so I must have. <laughs> um, when when you were riding growing up and stuff, what what are kind of like your favorite spots that you grew up riding? Like what what are you know? Was there anything that you know yeah, spots? Definitely. That well, um, you know that that half pipe that I built that was filled with sand yeah. for a while, and then when I started going down to London. It was always meanwhile where we had the yeah. pipes under. It was actually or, under a freeway. Were those were those ramps nice or did, were they? <coughs> They were what we liked. I mean, they were eight foot high, eight foot wide quarter pipes, and there were two of them, so we could move them apart and have like a canyon. Yeah. They weren't exactly the same, so if you put them together, it was like a little bit yeah. different. But uh, it was kind of what they, it was, they were pretty much the same size as the contest ramps at the time, so it's like what we were riding. Yeah. So they weren't great, but I loved it. It's like what I was used to. And then uh, when we would get bored of riding there, we would usually go to um, Romford Skate Park, yeah, which was awesome. Like that was super fun. They had the, the huge performance ball. I'm sure they fixed it up a lot now. It was like you know pretty. Is Rom the one with like with one? Is it Satan's toilet or whatever? That extension in it is that this? That, I, no, that's South Sea. That's South Sea. Yeah, who that was it, cool too. Who was it that would just destroy South Sea back in the day? Neil Ruffle. That's right. He yeah, just yeah. air off that extension and just. Yeah. Neil Ruffle like. Neil was he was like the best like English vert rider. His his one of all foot time. Look back. Like, probably would have been he probably would have been you know he could he, he was one of the world's best vert riders yeah. for sure for sure. And he's like a gener- he, is he like a generation kind of before you guys. He is he was probably he's probably like a year older than me. So oh not, really? Not much because him and Craig I think we're the same age. Craig's like a year or two older than me. Yeah. Um, so not too much, but like. You know, back when you're that young, it is a lot. You know, when you're like 14 and someone's 16 or whatever. Oh yeah, it seems, it seems but, like a lot. But um, yeah, he was he was just amazing, amazing. Like the best, like by far and above, like the best vert rider 
of the time. You know? I think you guys are just. I think. And his brother was Andy Ruffle, who was like the BMX, like was like the racing guy, right? Yeah, the, he was like I don't know, like even know who you'd compare him to over here because he was like so huge in England. He was in like Kellogg's commercials. He was on TV all the time. Like he was the host on BMX Beat. Yeah, just like he was the face of BMX, you know. Which yeah, I've, I've I've seen pictures of Neil riding and like it, it's they're yeah. they're all so stylish and yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah. just. Yeah, I mean, the, he did those one foot lookbacks, but it was like you never even see somebody do the trick like he's doing yeah, it right there. It, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, he was he, he did a lot for BMX vert riding in England. I think that's why a lot there were so many good vert riders after him. He was like so inspiring, you know. Yeah, so set the bar for sure. Uh, the bar, the bar is set so high over <laughs> yeah, there. It seems yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, so many interesting characters. Eric Steele, too. Did you ever heard of him? I haven't. He, never, he, him? He, he was like a legend on the BMX scene in England because he was just like, he would just try, you know, he was just the guy that would just fucking go for it and like try anything. Like, I've seen pictures of Eric Steele. Yeah. Like, he do like topside no foot cans and stuff? Yeah, like all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he landed. He was the first person in England to land like a like a really high 540 at a contest yeah and he just and he rode goofy foot too so when he did it it just looked all like i know it just looks when goofy footed people do 540s they get this nope. really, like their body gets like really we straight really straight we were out. just ta- we were talking about that earlier because <laughs> like like it kind of they, they like kind of like get so like, into their bars yeah yeah because my my best friend john bristol we were talking about his 540s and uh <laughs> Stupid motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about his 540s, and we were just talking about how so in the bars he gets. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, well, he's goofy footed. I think it just puts you in a different spot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> freaking motorcycles. Yeah. But yeah, when you do a goofy, we were literally saying that on the car yeah, ride the over here. It looks amazing. Yeah. You know, but it was like so hit and miss whether he was going to make it. He was like yeah. one of those guys who would just go for it, he would crash a lot. He just always looked and, like they're uh, on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy that we were just yeah, talking yeah. about that. And actually, like, when uh, when we all started doing turndowns, he got, like, he got mad that he couldn't do it, so he just, like, he just started doing it in the opposite way, and it was just, like, so scary to watch, but, like... Like an opposite air turndown? Yeah, yeah. And, like, he, he, he couldn't do... He, he would say he couldn't do an opposite air, like, just regularly, but, like, when he did this, like, turndown, like, somehow it made sense for him to do it that way. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So you around like was it around like ninety two ninety three? Did you kind of like let's talk about the DJing? Like I mean, it, oh, yeah, it seemed yeah, like yeah. you kind of just it, well. I, so okay, so um, uh, yeah, the kind of bottom had fallen out of the industry. I was doing I was doing shows. Yeah, at, um, you know, at schools and stuff basically. Like yeah, nothing and. At the same time, like getting into music, I was live. You know, I live. I was living downtown and going out to like clubs and like, you know, getting a taste for you know like house music. And I, I'd always loved music. I was like, you know, like I came of age like in the eighties. You know, yeah. It's like always loved like The Cure and Depeche Mode. And, I mean, I love all music. Like in Led Zeppelin, I collect everything. You know. Yeah. But um, just got a taste for going out and like like house music and techno and um, but at the same time shortly after you know I had kids and um, 
my wife got the job working for Fox. They were starting to design. Yeah. They were starting a sportswear line. So we ended up moving up to the Bay Area. Hadn't ridden for a few years really, and um, she got the job at Fox. So I was like, I was like stay home dad for like a year and kind of going stir crazy, and uh, sub- did, did some like freelance T-shirt designs for Fox. And then they're like, oh, um, we're we're gonna launch like a BMX and mountain bike apart- like division as well now. Yeah. And uh, end up like giving me the job, which was like amazing. Yeah, that's I awesome. Really, I'd never been to school for like, graphic <clears throat> design. I just like dabbled in it a little bit. How old were you then? Probably uh, probably like twenty three. Let's see. Yeah, twenty four, maybe twenty five. Yeah, still really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started working there, and uh, was kind of thrown back into the world of BMX. And I was like, you know, I designed the, uh, you know, the elbow pads and knee pads at Mira. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, like ro- I rocked a pair of them. Yeah, yeah. That was like a big project I worked on, and you know, like all those crazy gloves, and it was it was fun. I like it. You know, I, I got to paid to like learn a lot of stuff, like yeah. graphic design, and got to go, you know, to like Eurobike and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a fun place. It's funny because they gave uh, Zoe and I a joining desk. So in like a company of like three hundred people. They sat me right next to my wife. Was like <laughs> so it was like, it was interesting. <laughs> but um, they sent me, they uh, started sending me to the X Games. At the same time, Rick Moliterno gave me a, he, he gave me a bike. Yeah. He like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know. And, um, and at the same time, I found out about the San Jose Ramp Club. Yeah, which was which 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 had like a really nice like half pipe. Oh, I I rode it. I slept behind the vert wall, yeah. and I ended up yeah, with like yeah. flea bites all over my body. I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that place was some interesting stuff going on. So, um, so yeah, I had this bike. Um, started like going to the ramp club, and like it, everything came back like super quick. I was like, you know, after going there for just a little bit, I was like, you know, getting eight or nine feet out. I was like doing like no handers and 540s and tail yeah. whips I'm like damn like I can still like do all this shit you know and uh, riding with um, I remember Kagi Kagi had like just had knee surgery at the time and he would just I was taking my my uh, kid was like maybe one or two so I would like put her on the stroller like up on top of the vert ramp yeah and he would like he would sit up there with her because he couldn't ride at the time and we, we became friends he would just like watch me ride vert and uh NyQuest too. Those guys weren't even. Those guys weren't really riding for it at the time. Yeah. So they would like watch me be all just super stoked, and then I would watch them on the the wall to like boxing. They yeah. Had and just be like, like completely mind blown. Like, yeah. I'd never seen people do like. I think I saw. I think I saw um, Ryan do like his first like. I don't know, something, back. How many bar spin backflip? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, oh, who's the other guy? Uh, Space. Cameron Birdwell? Cameron Birdwell. Yeah, Cam, just, Cam's like, a beast. It. He's a beast. Him. Yeah, he would just blow my mind just watching like some of the... I saw him bar spin, hit the box jump, bar spin air into the vert ramp. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. wasn't even a big deal. Yeah, he owned that place, right? He was just like riding it all the time. Yeah, yeah he... Dude, that's who we'd crash with and... Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, Cam's so crazy. He'd always have super crazy Cam stories. Yeah. And it's crazy. He's like a... He's got a crazy job at Apple now. He's like... Really? Dude... His, I think his, yeah, he, 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 he's so, he, I mean, was, a, he was a rager back he then. Yeah. He was, around, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah, I know he was doing some crazy party and stuff back then, but it worked for him. 
Yeah, no, he's he's such a good dude. All those dudes are good dudes, you know. Yeah. yeah. But then, so did you? Were you DJing then a little? Or? Yeah, I was. I was. I'd already been DJing by then, but but uh, I didn't really know anyone in that area. We just got you know gotten relocated. Yeah. So didn't know anyone, and I was kind of like stay home dad, and then um, uh, so I was like, you know, thinking, fuck, I keep, you know, I'm not that old. I could still get back into the BMX thing. It's like. You know, funnily enough, they sent me to the one of the X Games, and I was like, "Well, you know, there's like Mira and Miron, and you know, a couple of other people that are really good." But then I was like, "Like, wow, I'm like, I actually think I could maybe like make the finals." There are a couple of guys. Yeah. Here. I'm like, there are a couple of guys here that like, you know, it seemed like, you know, I could have. And I'm like, then I started like riding a bit more and going over there more and then uh, and then and then one night I uh, was like had pretty much stopped riding and I decided to hit that box jump oh <laughs> and I remember I all I all I did was a no footer and uh, when I landed like like my one foot didn't quite get back on the pedal properly and it like slipped off and like same one same one that like I'd broken like when I was younger yeah and like just like snap down and I just heard same thing again I heard I heard the crack and like I looked down and my foot's just pointing in a direction that it's not supposed to be yeah and uh I'm just like fuck I just broke my ankle again and um it turned out that you know the first time they first time they they put in like a big plate yeah with a bunch of screws and it like it snapped like right where that plate ended. I've heard of him doing yeah, that. Yeah, right above it. Or saying the same thing to both both bones again. So uh, then they just had to extend that. So now it just goes up like higher. And then I was like out of commission again for you know quite a few months, letting that heal. And that's when I really got into DJing because I, yeah. like, I was like stuck at home. I'd just like sit there and like get into it. But you know, at the same time, I was DJing for myself and like all over the place I do like rock mixes 80s mixes like total chill out mixes I wasn't really going out and like going to clubs yeah at the time but I'm just, just obsessed with music and uh, you know also you know Zoe was working at Fox and doing pretty good so I would I would I was just buying tons of vinyl. I ended up with like twenty thousand records or something. <laughs> just all like all genres. We just wanted to buy everything that we like. Every record that had ever like touched us in any way. Yeah, like, had a connection, and then also buying new stuff and dance music and um, yeah, got got crazy. We were obsessed. We were just like the best parties in San Jose would be at our house. That's how because you know we'd put the kids to bed and then we just everyone we met, met would just come over to our house and party. <laughs> and so now, I mean. I literally don't know anything about the DJ yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you you travel and yeah. You, so now you, I'm like I mean, is it what I, would you call it touring? I mean, do you tour? Like yeah, we go, we we tour like mo yeah. I guess most DJs just go and do shows, but like we have this. So basically, um, I'd always been DJing, but I'd also always been like graphic designing and graphic designing. The graphic design stuff always paid the bills. Yeah. So. You know, but I'd always been obsessed with music and like making beats, and you know, I would, I got like became like pretty popular around San Diego, and it's like that was kind of all, in a way, all I ever wanted. I'm like, oh, I just want to be able to like DJ at like you know local bars around town. Yeah. But it's like you know, you don't make much money. Yeah. Doing that, doing <clears throat> that. and um, I had like a, I had a night going on at like a local bar, and it was like you know pretty cool, mixed little crowd, but. 
And then I heard about these guys up in uh, North County that were also like doing like a house and techno night and went up and checked it out and I just bonded with these guys. Crazy because they're all in their like mid 20s. Yeah. And they become like my like best buddies. Like we're all like so like connected and uh, we decided, um, you know, we wanted to do something together. Yeah. And some of the funnest things to do around here because of the environment of these like outdoor like weekend like desert parties where you go and camp out and you know it's like there's art and music and um we were getting invited to dj at some of those but it wasn't totally like our scene so we're like wow let's just do our own party so three years ago we did a party it was just like on a renegade piece of land and uh it just like everything kind of came together. There weren't even that many people there, maybe like three, 300. Yeah. But it was just this like crazy vibe where everyone was like having such a good time. And uh, we are doing our three year anniversary in four weeks. And we're probably going to have like 3,500 people. Wow. Um, we do it on an Indian reservation now. So we, you know, still have to abide by laws, but they're like, if it, it, we can we can basically we can run the music like nonstop. So our music goes for like a hundred hours nonstop, <laughs> like continuous like mix with, with like the like the best DJs in our mind like from around the world or whatever. Yeah. It's turned into this like huge thing. Where what, what's it called? It's called Desert Hearts. Okay. And uh, we like you know it's just grown like it's grown very slowly from like you know like three hundred to eight hundred to like. 1200 to like you know where it is now like in the last one we did three that 3000 and this time we're gonna do about 3500 is there like is, do you guys have a website for it or anything mm-hmm. yeah it's desertheartsus okay yeah so yeah and for uh, november 5th through 9th so it's the next one yeah plug in um, put, put the plug in put the plug in <laughs> where's it at exactly it's at um the los coyotes indian reservation which is in warner springs which is really close to here it's like as if you're taking the back way out to palm springs or if you're going to julian and hung a left at Does, santa isabel does steve aoki go to that um i don't know he's no, kind of local here you know is he no he's like, his parents started benihana but he's like the stuff we play is nothing like what he plays yeah yeah his, he's like kind of mainstream edm i mean like the stuff we play is like you know because you know i'm i'm like i said i love rock and roll and stuff yeah too. And like some people do have like bad connotations of like house and techno and what it is exactly but it's very tribal and it's you know just to see like that many people like move in like in beat with like i don't know it's something you have to experience for sure yeah it seems crazy i mean with the yeah and with the amount of like we had this sound system function one that's like extremely loud but like in all the right frequencies so it's like you'll be, you'll be it's like way louder than like any like concert you've been to you're like I go to concerts these days and I'm like this sucks but you, <laughs> but you can still but like you can still have a conversation in, in front of it yeah because it's like you know just it's not just a bunch of muffled frequencies it's very clear pristine. oh wow that's crazy <laughs> so yeah we do a hundred hours non-stop and it just gets crazy out there everyone dresses up like wild everyone like really comes out of their shells and um we decided like from the get-go that it was going to be about love and building community and like showing people that if you uh are just your true self and like just because i know everyone's like kind and honest person deep down but like people get caught up in like day-to-day bullshit and it's like people come to our party we always decided it was going to be about love and 
Yeah, no, we were when we were driving around here, I'm like, gosh, you know, coming from Oregon where everybody's pretty mellow. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, drivers, I'm like, God, everybody's so tense down here driving yeah, and, totally. you know, and just like, you're like, oh, just, just slow it out, down yeah, and take yeah. it a little bit easy. Things, things will be nice, you know? People need it, just like a little time where they can go away and just, you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's never any trouble. It's like, so like everyone's looking out for everybody and, you know, it's like nothing, you know. Like, I lost and found, like, the cra- craziest stuff will get handed in that, like, you know, like, wallets with tons of money in them or, like, wow. whatever. It's like, thank you. So... And then, we, so we, and then, and then off of Desert Hearts, we've been... Um, we also do City Hearts now, and we, like, have been touring around. We just did, like... We've done shows. This year we did Brooklyn, Denver, San Francisco, Toronto. Wow. Um, Toronto's a fun LA, city. I like course. Toronto. Yeah, Toronto was super fun. It's super fun. I wish we'd been there longer, but we're going to go back. And then, uh, yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up with that for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's fun because, like, you know, just like BMX, one of the best things about BMX is, like, meeting people. Yeah. And, like, connections. You yeah, just that, Like, you wouldn't normally, you know, it's like. Yeah, that, that's why I'm, I mean, that's the great thing about BMX. Like, you know, we were talking about earlier, you just meet somebody and they ride BMX and you, yeah. just, you just have that bond. Yeah, and totally. You can just gab for hours and I, you know I'm sure the same yeah, yeah. same as with music and yeah, yeah. you know any type of like hobby if you just meet some like minded people you yeah. just like oh I, these are like my brothers we're, yeah. we're, we're down let's do this you know totally, totally. Um, so we always have people on Instagram you know ask questions so I got a few oh, yeah, questions yeah. for for you nice uh, Team Sano which uh, he, he, he's he's from from the island you know he's, oh, yeah. he's from I think he's up north. I think he's Scottish. Uh, maybe that's a whole nother. I don't even know. Bad uh, uh, my geography. He wants to know if you have any funny uh, Ron W. stories from the Enchanted Ramp. Were you there when he was trying to relearn how to ride? Yeah. I, can, I don't remember, like... I think, actually, like, by the time I, you know, by the time I broke my ankle and had to move back to England, he was still hadn't really, like, gotten back into the swing of riding, I don't think. How long did it take him to get back in the swing of riding? A year or two, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can, let we, me pause on that one. Yeah, we. Can, I mean, we it. can come back to it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. I think of a good one. Uh, we already went over the meanwhile days. Uh, let's see. Day in the suburbs wants to know if you have any good Chris Potts stories. Uh yeah, I have a lot of good Chris Potts stories. <laughs> Um, let's see. Well, me and him, we 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 we, we, we kind of had like the same relationship I had with Greg Giot, you know? Cause yeah. We were like same age on this, like rode on the same team for a while. You guys both rode for Hutch, and then both rode for Haro, yeah, right? Yeah. So we we had a lot of we had a lot of incidents where we would go to like after parties and both have our eye on the same girl. Yeah. And there were some moments where yeah, we, I know there's one moment in particular when when uh, he wasn't too happy about me hooking up with this one girl and vice versa. <laughs> what else? What are the Chris Potts ones? I actually love Chris because he, um, he, him and his dad let me like stay with them for a while when I first moved out here. Like, um, I think before I moved back into the Enchanted House, I lived out with them in Vista for a few months at their house. So yeah. If I hadn't been for him, he was, and I, I met him in Paris the year before, and we like bonded. Um, actually, the 
when I went back to Paris in 89, Chris and I shared a hotel room, and I think that was like probably one of the first first few times I'd ever stayed in a hotel. Yeah. And we were in Paris, and uh, I was so broke at the time. I remember like going there with like no money because it was supposed to be, you know, like an all expenses paid yeah. trip or whatever. But you know, my like. My idea of a breakfast isn't the French's idea of a breakfast. Uh, yeah. Like, and I was just hungry all the time. I remember, like, if, and uh, and so Chris Potts and I like just emptied the um, the, bo- the the refrigerator in the hotel yeah. room and just racked up this like ungodly bill that like neither of us had the money to <laughs> to settle up. And Ron, as well as your Ron story, too. yeah. And, uh, Ron and en- Ron ended up having to pay it, and he wasn't too happy about it. I remember that. Do you remember how much it was? I don't remember. Uh, it was it was a lot. That was that was a fun trip because we got to uh, well, 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 one night Matt and I almost got arrested because we were like riding this like we hopped a fence to ride this um, playground that had these cool little banks in it. Was that the brick ones, like the brick spine and stuff? Yeah, I think so. It has like some. Yeah, we didn't get in there very long because we got the gendarmes like came and hassled us. Yeah. And uh, what else? Yeah, can't think of any other. What other Chris Potts stories do I have? Yeah, me and him. We always had just like that cool like riding rivalry, and like yeah. he was like in the same girl. He had a, so. he had a fun style. Like he was like so carvy on his airs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I mean, he'd go high, but he just he'd take high. he'd take a lot of the ramp up. You yeah. know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, he was great. Player. I feel like he probably broke like a thousand Hutch Trickstar twos. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. those bikes, man. Uh, Luckily, I never had to ride one of those. Yeah, I I was always psyched on Chris Potts, especially like in the early '90s, like when he started doing trip clothing and he had like that little ramp compound, and yeah. he was like kind of riding street and yeah, pools yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it just that's actually when that's when me and him were hanging out a lot. Yeah. He just had cool style then. Like, you know, you just yeah. saw him and it's like, as a younger writer, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm into this. You, you know, you're just into the vibe he was putting yeah, out. Yeah. Well, me and him were always on the same page, too, because he, I mean, he would come out, he would come out clubbing with me all the time, too. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean. Super cool guy. He, he definitely, he definitely was a dope dude, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah still is. I haven't seen him for a month or two, but actually, when I was doing my design job, we would print out a lot of the films, you know, the films he uses for screen printing. Yeah. He would get, so I'd see him, like, every other day for So he years. just runs a screen printing shop now? Yep, yep. Awesome. Yep, he, has, he actually owns a house over in South Park, and he converted his garage and into, well, his garage is his screen printing shop, and he yeah. has a granny flat upstairs when his parents come down, and got two kids. And awesome. Yeah. Awesome wife. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah, living the dream living it <laughs> well I think I think we're about ready to wrap things up uh, thanks I'm super psyched that we got to, I got to come out and talk to you like yeah thanks I mean, Shad I appreciate it yeah I'm, I'm just I'm super psyched nice you can be down here talking to everybody so yeah um, yeah I, maybe next time I come down I was, I was talking to Eddie I was saying we should just get a few dudes and go out to to Baldy one day and just get a bunch of homies out there that'd and ride the awesome. pipe that'd be awesome so I know I'm like I'm bummed that like everyone's like getting together so much, and then I like work on the weekends doing my yeah. DJ stuff, so it's kind of been making it impossible. But I definitely want to ride my bike soon. Well, next time I come down, I think we should get a little posse and and yeah. just 
you know, just just go out there and maybe barbecue and just everybody would just ride the pipe. I think it'd be Sounds a fun day. Awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right, take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, do me a big favor and head over to snakebitebmx.com. Uh, we just recently posted up a Pat Miller and a Kim Boyle interview. Both are packed with awesome photos, and those guys had a lot of cool stuff to say. Um, until next time.